0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today I'm privileged to welcome a very, very senior accounting consulting professional, Karthik Radia. Karthik, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Ashi Karthik
0: goes. is the managing partner of Mazar's India LLP So Karthik, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? Sure.
1: So there have been several milestones in the journey so far. If I were to outline the three most important ones in my life and career, then then there would be one, uh, I qualified CA back in 2002. And I also did along with that, the cost accountancy, company secretary, CPA and CIA. Wow. And yeah, and that was my uh, first important milestone. And the second milestone was when I became partner with BDO Hari Bhakti
2: mm-hmm.
1: back in 2012.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the third one uh, is when I became managing partner of a partnership firm which we founded in India as Mazars India LLP mm-hmm. back in 2019 with Mazars Global Member Firms. And largely focusing on advisory service lines, Mm -hmm. management consulting, technology consulting, financial advisory services, with a set of 20 plus partners and 300 plus team. Wow. All from the day one and in the core advisory services. Amazing. You know, I'm so impressed. People always
0: tell me if you're qualified as a chartered accountant, it's a big thing. People say if you're a company secretary, it's a big thing. People say if you're a cost accountant, I mean, you seem to have got everything plus a CPA. Amazing, mm-hmm. congratulations. So, mm-hmm. Karthik, let's talk about your journey with Mazars. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, what does Mazars do in India? I mean, you know, you have six service lines, so tell me about those also.
1: Sure. So, Mazars globally is one of the top 10 international accounting and consulting firms. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have three member firms uh, as a part of Mazars in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kalyaniwala and Mistri, um, which is a chartered accountancy firm, um, about more than 90 years old firm, have seen more more than nine decades. Uh, SN Dhawan and Company, which is more than again 75 year old firm. And the third one is half member firm, which is Mazars India LLP. So we were in India for more than uh, two decades already in the form of these two other firms. And then in 2019, uh, with a core founding partner group, Uh, We tied up with Mazar's to start up with a strong range of advisory and consulting practices uh, outside of the big four firms. So consulting and advisory uh, service line nearly constitutes about 40% of the total revenues of any of the uh, larger firms and it also significantly contributes to the uh, knowledge Uh, competence and the quality of other service lines, because it gives you that required business knowledge in depth, operational business knowledge in depth, required to perform even other service lines. And we are also center of excellence for Mazar's global member firms for four most important areas, which is RPA, robotic process automation, Mm -hmm. data as in digital analytics, technology, ERP, forensics, and cybersecurity. So coming to to the six uh, major service lines within the advisory uh, service range uh, are forensics, uh, which is the first and foremost for us, dealing with fraud investigations, market intelligence, arbitration disputes, litigation support, um, and digital forensics. Second is cybersecurity to basically protect and harden your systems against the cyber frauds. It's again, very important service line that has taken the center stage uh, globally um, you know, among the service lines that we have within consulting. Third is GRRC, Governance, Risk, Resilience and Compliance, to basically build internal control systems, governance systems, building resilience, internal audits and even sustainability services. The fourth one is DATE, as in Digital Analytics Technology and ERP. The fifth one is transformation and automation, covering mainly robotic process automation and other process automation and management consulting. And the sixth and the last one, again, most important one is the CFD as in corporate finance and deals, comprising of m a transactions, due diligence, valuations, business restructuring, fundraising and private equity. So these are the six major service lines that we have and we operate in a very, very integrated manner across the service lines for our clients. Interesting.
0: So, you know, from a startup world, if they're looking to raise money, they can come to Mazars and say, help. Absolutely. Okay. The next question is that, you know, uh, are most of the large accounting firms like you also, uh, you know, very, very competent in robotics and artificial intelligence? And if yes, how do you build these skills?
1: Sure. So, you know, today in today's world um, you know robotic process automation and artificial intelligence and the data intelligence basically um, you know are the core competencies to have i think most of the firms uh, have it in place uh, the the most important thing there is uh, you know how um, how these uh, in artificial intelligence or some of these emerging technology platforms i would say how do they really be uh, really be applied in the real world and how does the integration between these technologies happen because it is not easy also to integrate these technologies into one sure um, you know each one each one of them have a very different kinds of uh, platforms and infrastructure and all different kinds of things hmm. so applying it in the real world and integrating it i think that's the most important um, thing you know and i think that's where the whole challenge lies um, and you know the industry Knowledge within different industries play a very important role. So, me, each of the firms would have taken some kind of a specialization in one or the other streams mm. of sectors, um, and that's where Mazaz has also taken, uh, you know, certain amount of specialization in certain fields. So, I've often wondered, you know, when
0: you know people at the leadership team, like you, sit down and say that you know we should get into a new area, do you decide that based on the number of partners and their skill sets? Who have that skill, or do you go out and look for new skills
1: and new partners? So it's clearly determined by market, and you know what does the market really need, mm-hmm. and uh, the way the firm tends to listen to the external market uh, by breaking in its own set of legacies, uh, I think that's where the whole uh, the, the whole trick and the game lies. So you know there is market which comes and tells us that okay this is what we need. The clients come and tell us that okay in our industry. Uh, you know we need a robotic process automation for let's say 60 odd processes we need to do it and here is a timeline within which we need to do it mm-hmm. and that's where the whole proof of concept starts getting built up mm-hmm. developed and then uh, basically delivered from one proof of concept to then several other use cases so Fascinating. Yeah. so you know you, you know, right at the beginning you said that you and a few
0: other people got together and formed mazars india and today you've built it into quite a powerhouse uh, Karthik, tell me what were some of your challenges that you faced while you were building and scaling up Mazars?
1: Sure. So this is a very, very good question, Ashutosh. In the context of things that are prevailing around, particularly um, the COVID-19 pandemic, correct. And so you know, with limited capital in hand that we had, mm-hmm. uh, we had a plan of business to scale up our revenues and operations within India across seven plus offices. Mm-hmm. And with more than 350 people to feed from the day one of our operations, we had a real challenge in front of us just on the eighth very month Mm -hmm. of our starting up uh, in the form of managing our cash flows, meeting our expenses and so on. So we had to restructure, practically restructure within the first very year of our setting up the business, basically rationalize our costs, introduce even the pay cuts for partners and staffs, mm. uh, very, very difficult thing to do. Um, so it was a difficult situation to manage and deal. And we witnessed even a few uh, partners and staff exits mm. uh, during this time. Um, although we did not ask uh, any single partner or the staff member to uh, to basically leave us. Mm. Um, so uh, as I said, you know, within eight months, we had to face this, uh, had it not been COVID pandemic uh, hitting us in March, Uh, 2020, Mm -hmm. we would have achieved our cash break even in the normal course of a business in in July 2020. Um, And Ashutosh, you know, startup businesses basically operate uh, with very thin buffers Mm -hmm. of cash flows to meet such kind of eventualities. And as a result, we we were forced to basically uh, achieve our cash break even in the light of these uncertainties in the month of March and April 2020 onwards itself. Wow. We had to do that month on month, so that was, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges, or rather, I would say, the only challenge that I I, um, I saw in my journey uh, at Mazars.
2: Amazing. Uh,
1: to you know, in the yeah. first year and then take steps and then and again rebuild. You know, if if, if I if I uh, did not know that you're you know, leading Mazars,
0: your answer could be a typical answer for any startup entrepreneur. I need to find money. I need to make sure that you tighten your belt and everything else. So fabulous, fabulous. So, uh, Karthik, let me move on to the next question. You know, you leave. You you said that you believe in leaders who eat last. This is also similar to the captain of a sinking ship who says the captain only leaves the ship last. Right.
1: Help me understand this philosophy. Sure. So Ashuraj, I, I thoroughly believe in this principles of leaders uh, who eat last or the leaders to eat last. Mm. Um, leadership is not the matter of uh, privilege or entitlement, mm. but it's a more a matter of responsibility and it's a matter of trusteeship. and look at the history of nations, the history of you know many successful business organizations. It is a leader who have eaten last um, and have contributed selflessly to the organizations or the countries that they have led uh, that have become immortal in the history um, and have led uh, organizations in, in very important phases. So we have best examples in our own history and culture um, as a country uh, that has never focused on invading any other culture or a nation uh, and one of the examples can be remembered of um, Acharya Chanakya um, and you know the Gupta dynasty um, you know, that managed the kingdom of Akhand Bharat in the earlier days. Right. Um, so, Kautilya's uh, philosophy of kingdom and economics believed that the king is not the ruler Correct. or the of the kingdom, but he is a prime custodian uh, of the kingdom and nation. And yeah. in two sense, the king or leader uh, is a trustee of the kingdom. So, it is prime and important, calling to the leader, mm. um, that he puts the needs of his uh, team above his own needs. Mm. And you know that is the most uh, uh, you know important. Um, in and this was also applied in our own case. The senior most partners, um, including me, and starting from me, mm. uh, we took the maximum amount of uh, burden and losses that came. Um, you know, compared to passing on to the staff. Mm. So you know, so that is a very very important thing. You know, in when we say uh, leaders who eat last, basically. That is the essential responsibility of a leader. And again, you know, if you look at a, a normal going time, mm-hmm. uh, in a normal going time, uh, it is the leaders who, uh, you know, who own maximum amount of money and are maximum things at stake. Mm-hmm. Uh, they earn maximum returns. But in a situation which is slightly difficult, um, you know, it should be again leaders who should come forward um, and take the responsibility of taking, uh, you know, their pie at the last. Fascinating.
0: So I'm gonna now move on to the next set of questions for you. And my next question is that you know, finance, accounting, consulting basically works with a lot of trust. You have built Mazars into you know a very interesting organization which is growing fast.
1: What are some of the core values you believe in? Sure. So um, there are a few very important things here. So, you know, first value is Organization comes first.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The larger purpose should prevail uh, over anything else, and therefore, purpose-led organization um, is something uh, which is the core uh, principle or the core values uh, that should be there in place. Um, organizational character, and that is largely defined by the leadership character. Mm-hmm. We always call uh, you know upon a character of an individual, but here is also a larger collective organizational character. Which is defined and, and the tone is set by the leadership character. Okay. Um, the third one is shared value creation. Mm-hmm. The fourth one is true partnership, mm-hmm. basically in, in our kind of kinds of organization. And then obviously there are some of the other values like diversity, mm-hmm. uh, equal opportunities and and equality basically. Very interesting.
0: And uh, you know, as someone who has you know, led Mazars from the front, other than your belief that leaders who eat last are the best leaders what are some of the other qualities a leader should have a ceo should have
1: sure so um, listening ceo i call it essentially five five important uh, qualities a listening ceo a disruptive ceo a digital ceo a people ceo and a resolving ceo basically okay. and you know when i say resolving ceo uh, it means ability to solve conflicts mm-hmm. uh, without fear or favor um, and ability to resolve things. So basically there are these five important things, uh, which are very important as a as qualities of CEO. Okay, And uh, what would you say is your leadership style? So um, I believe in a full sense of ownership, mm-hmm. um, empowered entrepreneurship. So basically entrepreneurship down to even the middle management in terms of taking decisions, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and the collective success of the team. So therefore it's participative and collaborative. Mm-hmm. But I thoroughly believe that beyond the point, uh, you know, particularly in emergency kind of situations, mm-hmm. the re- leaders can't shy away from uh, taking the reins in their hands right. um, and take full control. So um, the critical evaluation and appraisal of democratic process mm-hmm. uh, can actually follow, but leaders can't shy away from taking tough decisions that are required. Very interesting. And for an organization that is growing so rapidly,
0: with so many people coming from different organizations, what do you look for when you
1: hire new people? So uh, beyond beyond technical excellence and practice building, mm-hmm. the organizational alignment and fitment uh, is very important with with our uh, kind of organizational ethos, mm-hmm. um, and then the the ideology of a person whether it is matching with. Uh, the kind of ideology that we are looking at, mm. um, and then the ability to put organisation over self, um, and the entrepreneurship DNA. Mm. I think these are the things that we look, and these are the things that we also very scientifically uh, evaluate through various rounds. So you know, at times, uh, the partner recruitments that I look after, or senior recruitments that I look after, I usually tend to spend uh, you know more than two to three months knowing a candidate, uh, you know, rather than just filling in people. Um, and getting them on board I think it's very important to to make sure that you know culturally we are very well aligned and there is a common purpose hmm. um, and, and alignment hmm.
0: And you know you just mentioned culture i was going to ask you the same question that how do you determine that if i am, I've got a job with you how do you determine that i will be able to first understand your
1: culture and imbibe the culture? So um, you know some of the very very basic questions and you know there are levels of um, you, know, you know reviews that we do uh, so it's not one level so for example uh, you know the the people who basically do the uh, hunting for us or find the uh, talent for us they also have a very very clear mandate on on several things so first level of thought listing happens there and we work with only uh, you know two of the uh, two of the main um, uh, you know leadership hiring uh, firms. Okay after that uh, you know it is a core group of leadership team and you know basically at this stage it is our founding founding partner group uh, which is the core leadership that we have um, and each one of us basically um, you know spend time with the candidate knowing so together there is a collective review of about 90 minutes and then you know several rounds of discussions that we have okay. uh, and then basically also there are things like background checks um, and Etsy, uh, so human capital also plays a very important role for us sure. in so you know all of that combined together we essentially come to form a, a very informed opinion so that you, know, you don't then end up um, you know basically having some challenges later mm-hmm. and there's nothing right or wrong here but it's just that you know what what is that in this stage of life that our organization is looking after and uh, you know if you have the what right set of building blocks at this stage then. Uh, basically, things become uh, easier at the later stage. Very interesting. So my next
0: question to you, uh, Karthik, is about millennials and Gen Zs. You know, uh, I'm 64 years old, so I'm what you would call a post independence child. But today's India or today's world, we are handing over to the young people who are who, are, who will who, are, who will I'm certain she correct all the mistakes that people of my generation have made from your perspective uh, as an accounting consulting firm how are millennials changing and gen z changing the way you think and are the young people getting into the profession like you uh, did many years ago
1: yeah so uh, uh, very much yes uh, they are they are getting into the uh, profession um, at the early on age uh, but we to understand slightly, you know, this, uh, you know, these two generations, millennial, millennials, and and, and Gen Z, uh, basically are the generations which basically focus. Uh, they're very, very focused, uh, um, you know, individuals and people, um, and therefore, with even a smallest set of idea, mm-hmm. uh, they can go out and build, uh, you know, some set of organizations or you know the whole business model around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, I think it's very interesting to see how, with a small set of idea and you know a business model that is possible to create they go out and do it, um, the important thing there is that how, for a firm like ours, which is doing several things in professional services, mm-hmm. and basically professional services means most of the things that a client lays down as a problem, uh, we can't say no to, uh, you know because we would have and we'll have to find some solution with what what the client asks for. It could be combination of things, and in that scenario, I think uh, uh, millennials and and Gen Z, uh, while they adopt a very good scientific and focused approach, Mm -hmm. but I think it will be important to see how uh, you know they can connect different competencies and different dots that lead to a solution.
0: Interesting. So, Karthik, I'm now going to move to the last segment of our conversation. There are some questions for you personally. For someone who's seen so much success in the finance, accounting, consulting world, multiple organizations, uh, when you look back at your career, when you look at all the great things you will do in future, from where you stand today, what does success mean to
1: Karthik? Mm-hmm. So success to me means um, you know, creating and empowering more entrepreneurs
2: mm-hmm.
1: and more partners in my business. Um, you know, and we tend to define, uh, and I personally tend to define my annual goals in terms of number of right and deserving partners that we create every year. Okay.
2: Um,
1: so in our business, it's all about uh, adding rightfully deserving partners,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, you will achieve financial goals. Um, you know, very much once you add the right kind of partners. So part, you know, business follows the partners. Right. So uh, uh, you know, success means basically adding. Um, creating and empowering more entrepreneurs and partners Mm -hmm. and second uh, to that is uh, the fair value creation, distribution and redistribution if required and all our solutions uh, basically are focused on that. So how do we make sure that that a fair value is created, is distributed and even redistributed at times and these factors mean success to me. Fantastic and a follow-up question is who or what inspires you? Sure. So there are three uh, individuals uh, whom I get a lot of inspiration from mm-hmm. starting from uh, Acharya Chanakya mm-hmm. from the golden days of Akhanda Bharat, mm-hmm. where he lived his own life for a mission. <clears throat> Second is uh, uh, Mr. Dhirubhai Ambani mm-hmm. for his shared value creation for all his shareholders, critical yeah. uh, that he's created for all shareholders and not just for himself. Correct. And third is Steve Jobs for the kind of disruption that he has led in the music world, PC computing world and the mobile phone uh, world. Fantastic. So I've got time for two more questions for you.
0: My next question is on failure and I have actually my my new book uh, coming out tomorrow on failure Uh, and my hypothesis uh, Karthik has always been that Indian parents or for that matter Asian parents don't teach children it's okay to fail. It's always we are always told be first, head of the line, etc., etc. Yet we fail. My question to you is: What have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes?
1: Sure. So uh, you know, I think you are very right, uh, uh, You know, it it cannot work um, with a no fail kind of an approach. Okay. You definitely need failures in life. Mm. So my own set of uh, failures that I've had, I've learned that uh, the strength of character. Is the most important attribute. It's about people, uh, you know, at the leadership level. At the end of the day,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and therefore, one should take time uh, to really understand characters of people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, take enough time before elevating people uh, to equity partnership,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and character will determine uh, whether actually people will stand up to the ideology that they stood, that they're they're claiming to stand up for. Right. And second, I would like to add uh, is is the power of conservatism. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be applied to the most optimistic business plan that you can have mm-hmm. um, you know but power of conservatism is also very important I've been always an, a very optimistic um, you know business planner mm-hmm. what I've learned in recent times is that you know conservatism the, there's a power of conservatism and you need to apply for the most um, most difficult scenario that can come in mm-hmm. uh, and are you really prepared for it so so that's the power of conservatism fabulous and my last question to you now,
0: is that you know, for someone who's now reached right the, right at the top of your organization, and for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation, what would you advise to a young individual who's starting off on her or his journey uh, in, in, in the world?
1: Sure. So power of long-term thinking and outlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, second is, lead with an authentic self. Um, organization uh, over personal self goals. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's what I call it as lead with an authentic self. Mm-hmm. And the third one is to create your own paths. Mm-hmm. Do not necessarily walk down the paths of rat race that have been navigated by some of the others in the past. Mm-hmm. Create your own paths.
0: Okay. Very interesting. Karthik, thank you so much. You know, it has been such a pleasure speaking to you. I loved. The fact that you refer to Acharya Channiky, my favorite individual, twice, you know, in our conversation, you know, I I, I constantly read both Niti Shastra and Arthashastra mm. and I I am thinking of actually writing a new book uh, on his philosophies and thoughts. So maybe I'll come back and uh, talk to you on your learnings of Channiky. So thank thank you very much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Very nice talking to you. Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for The Brand Called You.